0: The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. Please be advised that this episode contains discussions about difficult subject matter. What is this? Pray, move these people. Back! Welcome to Subversive City. Hello and welcome back to the show. Your host, Art Hall, here to be your wrangler of the weird, purveyor of the perverse, and your docent to the disturbing. And we are back at it. Got Chris back here to fulfill his duty as our resident human centipede expert. Next in line, the Human Centipede 2, full sequence from 2011, Tom six came back with a sequel and not only that there's a third one down the road which i know chris is incredibly excited for but uh we'll get into all that soon enough chris how are you doing i uh i'm all right i guess and this this movie you also had not seen right i i don't think you've seen any right
1: i have not seen any before this i had not seen any of the human centipede movies i have heard of them People have talked about them, but I've never seen them. So again, this was one that I did not see first time uh, running through this one.
0: Great. So two questions. One, are you happy that I made you watch this one? Not really. Great. And question number two, which one would you have rather seen a second time? The first one or the second one? The first one. OK, <laughs> and I think I think that's going to become readily apparent, if not only because of the disclaimer I put at the beginning of this episode, uh, I've only had to do that one other time. And that was for a Serbian film. And that is because there are some exceptionally fucked up things that we will be discussing pertaining to this and just want, you know, listeners to uh, listen with care because we will be talking about the things in frank detail. So here we are, the second installment in the trilogy. Tom Six had even said that he always had the idea that the movies would be a trilogy. That's why he called the first one the first sequence. Uh, But he didn't know exactly how, because he wanted the movies to almost be a centipede themselves. (laughs) So (laughs) this is quite clever in how he stitched the mouth of this particular film to the ass of the first one. So here, part two tells the story of Martin, who is this mentally disturbed loner who is obsessed with the first film. So it's very meta. It's a movie about the first movie and its own thing. So he's obsessed with this film. He's got some major issues that we'll cover. And he goes about creating his own human centipede, only bigger. He wanted to make it with 12 people not three. And what follows is about an hour and a half of just foul behavior, torture, demented activities. And it's all sorts of fucked up stuff. So we have lots of things to talk about. And as is the case with a lot of these types of movies, as we go through the story and the characters to determine the ingredients of the subversive sauce for this particular film, invariably we will be covering a lot of the WTF factor. So we'll do our best and see if we can go in order though. So starting with characters, Chris, what characters stood out to you and why?
1: Well, I mean, the main character obviously uh, stood out just how disturbed... the the disturbing factor and mental illness that the main character exuded was just, it was unbelievable. So he definitely stood out to me. Also the mom, how abusive she was, uh, that stood out to me as well. She's very abusive in the, in a lot of those scenes, the first scene that you see her, you know, he's, she's saying, um, you know, did you shit your pants again? Whatever it is. I mean, it was just, it was just very degrading.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She said it in such, in such a disarming British voice that it bordered on comical to me, but (laughs) what wasn't comical other than how heavy handed this was is our first insight into Martin's psyche. And this is where he's having a flashback of his abuse
1: them tears you're just
0: making daddy's willy harder so that's look tom six he put it all on the table this time i mean look how fucked up it is it's bad enough that they're they're clearly saying that martin was sexually abused they have to go the extra level, like Serbian film style, and make it where he was a baby or an infant toddler. <laughs> it's not like he was a, 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 a cognizant. It's just They just took it and literally turned it up to not even 11. Fuck it. He turned it up to 15 right yeah. off the bat. And it's like, I don't know if that's supposed to elicit sympathy for martin or or to humanize him but it's just so over the top
1: that that would be the word
0: that would be it but right after that comes up the 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 part you were talking about with the mom and just just listen to her it's almost as if you're expecting her to to you know offer you tea after she she does this searing indictment
1: oh my god have you shit yourself again
0: You swine. I've called Dr. Sebring and he's waiting. Get up. (laughs) And that is actually a nice transition to, if we can say anything about this is nice, to my character that I'm going to bring up first, Dr. Sebring. Yeah. The dude with the biggest fucking beard I've seen on film and the scummiest doctor you could ever imagine. I mean... First of all, the doctor clearly, he is just this horny old man who is in all wrong ways abusing his position of power and trust. The first thing we see him do when Martin comes out is he stares at Martin's ass. Yes. And he even moans a bit, groans a bit about it. I just want to make it clear to anybody who's not familiar with this movie, but if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. But Martin is about five foot two and probably 250 pounds. The guy has no neck, bulging eyes, a huge stomach. They're, look, you know what? I get it. Everybody's beautiful in their own way but not to the degree in which so many people would lust after this grown ass man who clearly has some mental deficiencies. That's just disgusting. It's, it's rudely inappropriate. And um, again, Tom six is just really layering it on. What did you think about the doctor?
1: Uh, Well, the doctor was definitely a scumbag and that was, you know, solidified by close to the end of the movie
0: where you see, <laughs> we'll, 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 get to that. Yes.
1: Yeah. Forward. And you'll see that too. So, you know, we'll get to that later.
0: Perhaps I'll actually uh, have to play that because uh, we just might as well cover the, the doctor and his experiences
1: yeah. I'm the doctor in, in entirety right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I'm going to go ahead and pull up. So the doctor has, uh, he has really two parts. He is the, apparently the physician for The house, I guess, as a psychiatrist as well as Martin's prescriber of his inhalers. Uh, by the way, yeah. So this this film is is a lovely story about the nuclear family arrangement with a little bit of sadism, body horror, oh, and a lot of inhalers. But the doctor shows up in the beginning, then he shows up approximately halfway through. Whilst he's in the back seat getting a blowjob from a hooker that this other guy who's sitting in the front seat has uh, just banged. And he is looking at his glistening fingers and talking about how good she smells. And in the middle of getting a Hummer, the doctor says this. Oh, well, I'd rather fuck that retarded boy. but This'll do. But this'll do. What the fuck is going on, Chris? I, You know, no one, you don't know what's going on. At what point in the movie did you say that? Like, at what point did you say to yourself, what the fuck is going on?
1: Uh, Probably right around the time when the doctor first entered the scene and the doctor was looking at his ass. That would probably be when I said, what the fuck is going on here? And then as we, you know, as you progress forward, it just gets worse and worse. I mean, when he was, for instance, there was a time when, you know, um, he was masturbating in his garage office with sandpaper.
0: Ah, yes, that's one of the first the, the 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 first.
1: That's also a "what the fuck is going on?" moment.
0: Yeah, I had to take a minute there. I apologize. It gets much
1: worse in the end.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. That was the first time we uh, see Martin with his prosthetic ding dong out. Um, and yes, he masturbates with sandpaper to um, a section. Of the human centipede, it's yes. actually... Look, there's 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 nothing sexy about human centipede. No. It's like he's put in a, a fair amount of nudity in these movies, but none of it is the sort of thing that gets you excited. But that's not if you're Martin. For Martin, all he has to do is see the centipede. And the centipede gets him going something fierce, licks and touch the screen, and rips off some of that nice 80-grade sandpaper... <laughs> and uh wraps it around his shlong to uh take care of business and you know it's funny because well, that's the wrong word to say but they almost they, they do have like a little bit of a lead in when early on you see him take a leak and he's just pissing blood and you have to yeah. wonder wait why is he peeing blood what the hell's this guy now we understand he apparently has such this weird self-demoralizing thing like this guilt for feelings or whatever that he does this enough where he pees blood. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's disgusting, nice. or or disgusting. Yes, one of the two. Yeah. Any other characters that stood out to you? <laughs> Perhaps any of the uh any of the centipede itself, <laughs> the
1: centipede itself, the pregnant woman on the centipede. <laughs> oh,
0: our our inadvertent heroine, or. I guess you could call her the final girl because she is the only one that survives. And boy, oh boy, does that come at a cost for her that she seems to not really care about. So what we're talking about there is she, as we're jumping way ahead in the story, which we're going to get to, she and her boyfriend or husband, they get abducted in this car park, which by the way, I need to say, after how many people disappearing in this car park At what point do either A, do the police look into it? Or B, do people just get the word around town and be like, don't fucking park there, man. It doesn't matter how sweet it is or how close to the opera. Go somewhere else, pay the extra money, whatever. It's whack. But they get picked up there. And the one thing that was really fucked up at first I didn't know was going to happen was uh, when I first watched it was they had a kid, a small kid with them. And I thought, oh, fuck, man, what's he going to do to the kid? And he ends up leaving the kid alone, putting the kid in the car. I'm like, okay, he's not that bad of a guy. Well, okay, sorry. That's the wrong thing to say. He's not not 100% monster. He's like 99.9%. Right. But then I realized he leaves that fucking kid in the car the rest of the movie. Yes.
1: Yes. So he
0: really is 100% monster. So that being said, the, the mother is fully pregnant. She's clearly nine months pregnant when he takes her. And he decides to make her the head of the, or I think she was going to re- be the original head, if not, then the second unit. And then she dies, seemingly. Well, she comes to life, makes a break for it in the end, has a, a, a fairly graphic birthing sequence in the car as she's ready to escape. Uh, and the baby gets stuck between her foot and the gas pedal and that doesn't seem to bother her at all so she steps on the baby to get out of there it's pretty fucked up It's
1: it's that was a horrendous scene
0: I mean it's, it's all part of this final 10-15 fi- minutes where Tom Six must have said you know what this would be fucked up now how can I make someone who would say that's fucked up think that's even more fucked up And he just found a way to ratchet each one up. So we'll get to some of that later. But yeah, the pregnant lady, she was visceral and animalistic. And she did what she had to do to survive. But my God, that was just, that was fucking wrong. It
1: was so bad.
0: I remember seeing that in the theater and I was like, what did I just see? Um, So yeah, I want to call out the hooligan who lives above uh, Martin and his mother who uh, is tatted out and apparently plays his terribly shitty music way too loud. (laughs) And uh, he comes down and beats the almighty Christ out of Martin. Well, you know, you only beat the Christ out of Martin once. Yep. After that, he's going to cave in his mother's face, set her up for dinner, and then he's going to lure the guy back down again. And that's exactly what he did. But that guy, I thought he was actually going to be a part-time hero towards the end because he was the one who managed to break the chain. Yeah, he broke
1: off his face.
0: (laughs) Uh, But that did not go that way. So anyway. So yeah, we're, we're talking a lot about what happens down the road. So let's cover the story here. So Martin captures people in his parking garage. That's his modus operandi. In the beginning, he gets a couple. He's already got some guy in the trunk of his van. So he just keeps collecting people. But the crown jewel and the uber meta is when he gets the actress from the first movie, Ashlyn Yenny, to come in thinking she's auditioning for a Tarantino film. He tried to get the other actors, but they were busy. So take from that what you will. But she comes back to reprise herself. (laughs) And then she becomes the head of the centipede. And then what happens is a profoundly awful sequence that could very easily just, you know what? It's just the most unsterile surgical procedures you've ever seen in your life. How'd, how that make you feel, Chris?
1: You know, the thing that was the funniest part about it is, you know, it's it a hell of
0: a hard. word to pick by the way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, um, in the first one, you know, he was an actual doctor and had real surgical equipment. He's doing this with a bunch of garden tools And and a staple gun. Oh, he's Uh, doing
0: anything he found like in his toolbox at home. And that, even though i had seen the movie before, (laughs) it put dread in me because he grabs a briefcase or suitcase and he just starts tossing grimy old tools in there with shit tons of duct tape and a funnel and a tube. And you just know there's nothing good that can come from this.
1: And it was graphic the way, I mean, I mean, they did show some of the centipede coming together um, of him knocking the guy, you know, the teeth out with a hammer to make sure that it would properly connect to the asshole. I, I mean, it was, it, it showed, it left nothing, um, you know, nothing to the imagination. You saw what it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was very little left to the imagination. Uh, in the process of doing this, he kills uh, at least three people. So his centipede ends up being only nine. And now we get to the part that we alluded to earlier. That's part of the extra fucked up train. Yeah. Remember, he had masturbated with sandpaper to the sight of a three-person centipede. Well, imagine how hot he must have felt to see a nine-person centipede. But remember, he's got this sexual guilt. So he wraps some barbed wire around his dick. And he goes to the tail end of the centipede and does what he does. And that is just an image you cannot get out of your head. No. And I think there's even a wide angle when this happens where, yes, there is a full wide angle where it's him humping the entire centipede this way. Mm Mm-hmm. Though I, I, I am remiss, I did jump ahead of one thing that I thought was so over the top. It it had to be funny because it was so outrageous. Yep. So he tries to recreate what happens in the film, has the dog dish full of um, carne conchile. Ashlyn won't eat it. She's like, fuck you, dude. Throws it across the room. Well, Martin won't have any of that. So he jams a tube down her throat and he force feeds her soup. And then he starts to try to cajole them into um, uh, feeding each other. Yes. And now Martin doesn't speak in this entire movie. I heard somewhere online that he says one word. Well, I must have missed it. I missed it too. (laughs) So he goes around And uh, then he starts making, um, you know, fart noises as he's trying to rub their bellies to tell them, you know, feed. Uh, It sounds a little bit like this. You get the idea. Well, then, I don't know why this didn't occur to him in the first place. He's like, oh, wait a minute. I have something for this. Yep. Sorry, I need to. There's also this little close-up of him orchestrate, like, like a, a, a macabre conductor. Yeah, dancing. Or, or you know, <laughs> leading this orchestra of, of just bow movements. And this is what it sounds like for him. So that doesn't work. So then he decides, you know what? I do have a big-ass bottle of laxative. (laughs) So why not? So he runs around and he sticks everybody in the ass with their own dose of laxative. And what we are treated to is... That was terrible. Almost like this sequence of, of ATM shitting with lots of stomach growling, foley... And uh, all sorts of other Foley. Uh, while Martin is happy as a pig in shit. Sorry, no pun intended with that one. Yeah, this is like toilet humor to the degree of something I would have expected from a National Lampoon film <laughs> or American Pie. I mean, there's just so much going on, and he's just so gleeful. And again, apologies, but uh, this is what it sounds like. Okay. Okay. Oh my god. It, this is the thing that's so weird. All right. This is so this is the weird. I'm gonna I'm, hey look, I'm gonna out myself and be honest. There's a duality here. At, at this this part of it, there's real human suffering on display, but it's so outrageous, it's hilarious. It's so over the top, it's unbelievable. And Martin is smiling like this is the best thing he's ever heard. And then all of a sudden he starts coughing because he starts to smell it. And then he realizes how nasty the room is. And then he vomits. By the way, this is also the only time we see color in this version of the film. And that is when we see some spurts of shit. And uh, including when some hits the lens of the camera. That's the only color. Some people have said it was Tom Six's nod to schindler's list where the only color you saw was the red coat i was like wow that's incredibly offensive but i i see what you're saying that is come on chris i've been yapping a lot here what do you got for me
1: I, i i gotta tell you i mean that scene was, was just crazy. I mean, he threw everything, but the kitchen sink basically at what you could do with this centipede or do to this centipede. Uh, I mean, it was just, it, it it was such a deviation from the first one. Um, and at some point at the end, I think heads wound up getting cut off. Um, you know, and then, and then, uh, uh, you know, um, he got a centipede up his ass. That when, was when yes. Back. I mean, it was just it was just like how much can you do with this? And it just more kept coming, more and more. It just like it, it it's like it never stopped.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it was the foot was on the accelerator of this entire batshit crazy drive, and you know. It had been a while since I'd seen this, so I got excited when I saw the centipede get jammed down his ass. And yeah. I thought, fuck yeah, he gets his due. I honestly thought that Ashlyn made it, and I forgot that he just sort of grumbles like he's got a bad stomach ache, and then he kills everybody. And then at the very end, we pick up almost where the movie began with him watching the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you have for a second this thought, wait, was this all in his head? Did he just fantasize this until you hear the baby crying in the car that yes. he's left the entire time <laughs> and then you realize it was not. Nope, <laughs> It all fucking happened. <laughs>
1: <sighs> Man.
0: wow! So did the story make sense, Chris? No. I mean, was I mean, the I, narrative I, the narrative was easy to follow. I'm not saying it was justified. easy to follow. I mean, like I mean, you get yeah, the story.
1: It, it made sense. You know the subject matter was um, crazy. One of the one of the things I want to bring up in the film that I, that was interesting to me was right before he uh, wound up bashing his mother's head in. His mother found the book about the human centipede, which said 100 percent medically accurate. I think on the front. <laughs> yes, the it did. Was huge. The book was like the size of like four magazines. Like it was massive.
0: Oh yeah, and, huge scrapbook.
1: Yeah, and he would take that with him to work. And hide it from everybody. Like <laughs> it was just
0: but well, he kept it under his bed like it was a porno, which was great yeah. too.
1: But it was just um, yeah, there was there was so many. Every time you thought it couldn't go further, it just did. So I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I I I'm curious to see how they do the third one because I have not seen that one yet. Well,
0: but... that is something to behold. I, I will say there is one moment in this entire film though that I really have to give credit to because. I actually thought in the sea of all this insanity, this sequence really was informative of characters. And I thought it was done very well. And it's so simple. It was when the mother walks into the room at night and starts stabbing the bed. Oh, yeah. And then Martin turns on the light and she is just looking at him. And she knows that, you know, she was caught. He doesn't say a word, and what's more impactful is he just walks right by her quietly, lays down in bed, doesn't get covered, and exposes himself fully. And the camera even focuses predominantly on his large, fleshy belly. Just there, it's almost like a target saying, go ahead, do it. And she can't. She just stares at him, and then she starts to try to cut herself, and that won't do and it's just like this this that whole scene to me is probably the best scene in the entire movie as far as its execution its poignancy and its message and meaning it's almost it's like this weird buoy in the storm of crazy shit you know yeah
1: yeah it was uh, it was impactful that's for sure
0: and then she sees the book yeah and then destroys it
1: yeah I did like the way he he did start the first, you know, the second, because how do you deviate from, you know, after the way the first one ended, like, where do you go with that? And he found a way to go with it. I'm impressed with that, uh, you know, and the, the storyline itself, how it's, you know, the guy's obsessed with the movie itself. So mm-hmm. he used the movie as a basis for the second movie. It's, it's not a continuation of the story, which is interesting. It is and it isn't. So I thought that was pretty cool the way he did that
0: yeah well i mean it all came about i think some i don't know if it was a reporter or somebody i forgot who it was but it had been brought to his attention saying well what if some maniac actually tries to copy what you did in this movie and they thought well, holy shit that's a great idea <laughs> and that's where he came up with it
1: <laughs> definitely backfired so
0: a little fun backstory as we can tell with all these movies that Tom 6 does, especially after the first one is out and it's common knowledge. When you go in for an audition with Tom 6, the guy who made Human Centipede, you know there's going to be some weird shit down the road. So what does that sort of audition look like? Well, in an interview with Vulture, Tom 6 was talking with uh Ashley yeti and the uh actor Lawrence Harvey about this. And Tom 6 said, you know, during casting I wanted to see how far he and that's the guy who played Martin Was willing to go So I asked him Are you willing to rape a chair? Can you rape the centipede? <laughs> and Lawrence grabbed the chair And made love to the chair And I thought This is my guy <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. yeah The other thing Tom Six went on to clarify Was talking about how shocked people were by part one But again as we mentioned in our first episode All this A lot of it happens in your mind You know it's not what's seen it's what's implied it's not gory or violent and then there was the gore hounds out there who essentially dared tom six saying oh yeah we didn't see a thing we want more so then tom six is like okay you want to see the real stuff i'll give you the real stuff and that's exactly what he did
1: yes he did and what is the backlash on this one?
0: <laughs> well, that is, uh, you know, he did not admit to any uh, death threats on this one uh, in this particular <laughs> interview. Uh, I'm going to just assume that if he's still getting death threats, it's probably for the whole lock of them, you know? Yeah. But it's funny how even the cast acknowledges that the the barbed wire rape sequence was a bit over the top <laughs> and too much. Yes, it was. I acknowledge this in the, um, yeah in the scene
1: and it's funny how we say that that is too much and the woman killing her own baby to step on a gas pedal to get away wasn't too much
0: (laughs) no (laughs) that that was also way too much
1: (laughs) there's so many things that were too much so many things that were too much i guess you have to rank them you're right i'm sorry
0: (laughs) yeah well you know it's it's hard and look look i i know we must sound like a couple real demented yo-yos out here Laughing at some of this stuff as we say it, and it's not because we find it genuinely funny. This is just how we cope with the totally fucked up nature of this. It's unbelievable. It's just absurd. There's absurdity in in how far this movie goes, and that says a lot. Because I've done I've done a fucking Serbian film on this show, yeah, which is arguably the farthest you can go. So it's it's all over the place, man. Well, I feel like we hit so many of them, but I'd ask you, Chris, what sort of uh, WTF moments stood out to you that we have not already talked about?
1: We have definitely talked about a lot of them. I think...
0: Uh, I hear you rifling through your notes. I, I am yeah, I quite, quite a bit on here. Well, I, I'll, I'll start by saying I like how he administers anesthesia to everybody in the form of a crowbar that is part of it i don't know i I mean look he's mentally deranged so i'm sure it wasn't clear in his mind that hitting people in the head with a crowbar multiple times is probably not good to keep your specimen alive
1: and then he would cry after they died um one of the cringe moments that i had that we didn't talk about is when uh martin grabbed uh the tongue out of the
0: Oh, Ashlyn, yes. Her, her out. Right. Yeah,
1: that was, that was one that was a very cringeworthy moment and very graphic. Yep. So that was definitely one that we did not discuss on top of everything else. I had to rifle through my notes, I apologize.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I felt the same way with the knocking the teeth out sequence.
1: Yeah.
0: That was just, it was very well done prosthesis. Uh, I'll say that because the camera doesn't shy away. And it's all very much right there in your face, but it's very effective. I'd be curious to see how effective it is in color as opposed to black and white, because uh, for all the folks out there who don't know, if you buy the full series of films on Blu-ray, one of the options you have for Human Centipede 2, which was released in black and white, is you can play the full color version. They did the black and white thing because it was just so aberrant. And they knew it was be be hard already as it was. So they tried to make it easy on the audience. But the teeth thing was, and it wasn't just, I mean, the knocking out with a hammer is one thing, but then digging around to pull the teeth out while this guy is choking on his blood. It was just a lot. It was a lot.
1: It was a lot. I mean, (sighs) Yeah. I, I, and again, that's one of that sticks with you. That's for sure. And um, yeah, if I had to watch anything over again, I would definitely much rather watch the first one. This one was one that got a little hard to watch in the end for me.
0: I, I want to bring up two lines in this interview from Vulture again. They were talking to um, the president of IFC films who released the movie as well as the actor who played Martin. And here's the exchange, the president of IFC says, there were one or two scenes where we said to Tom, we can't show this, otherwise we're going to get relegated to an area where no one's going to watch the movie. He wasn't happy about it, but he understood.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: Harvey chimes in, Lawrence Harvey, with, in the first draft, there was one thing I didn't want to do and Tom got rid of it. I'll let what exactly that was remain a mystery, but Human Centipede 2 could have been a lot worse. Oh. What? The fuck do you think that could have been?
1: I have no idea. As bad as this was, I don't see how it could get any worse. But just when I said that, when I was watching Human Centipede 2, something else was worse than the first thing. So I don't know. I have no idea what else he could have done. What do you think?
0: Uh, The first thing that comes to mind is instead of putting the kid in the car, he makes the kid part of the centipede.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: That's the only thing I can think of. I mean... I, I, I honestly cannot imagine how much worse this could have been unless he. No, now that I've said that, I can't imagine how anything could yeah. be worse. I mean, and like, what could he do? He could stitch together the dead people into the centipede. So there's like a, a, a couple of corpses. That would make that,
1: sense for him because he's trying yeah. to get them the shit into each other's mouths. So they have to be alive. I would say what would be fucked up is if the pregnant woman lived at, you know, or at least, you know, she became part of the centipede and then gave birth while she was in the centipede.
0: That's actually a good point. What if she was the tailpiece, gave birth, right, and then that turned him on, or something. I don't or know. Or what
1: if point. he wasn't the tailpiece?
0: <clears throat> oh my! Oh god! <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> See, listeners, I told you there's a reason why there was a disclaimer at the beginning of this. So if if you're really upset, then I, I told you, I, I told you, it's going to be sensitive stuff.
1: I mean, that would be worse, don't you think?
0: <clears throat> it would be something. <laughs>
1: Oh. So that's what the only thing I could figure.
0: <laughs> wow, fair enough. Well, I mean, dude, as again, these movies are just so so fucked. It's like, without looking like a complete deviant, we, we kind of ripped through it. And uh, I, I think that that's, it's time to wash our mouths out with some uh, some Listerine and holy water.
1: I'm okay if we never talk about this movie again.
0: <laughs> well, don't worry. We're going to be talking about the third one instead. And it's not as bad. I'll tell you that. Okay. It's not What's as bad. You? Long it is bad, bad in a different way. All right. It's but it's not like gross out bad like this movie. It's just bad in another way, uh, to the point where it's actually comical. So you, uh, look at it this: like you, you, you had the warm up, you did the fucking marathon, yeah, and now you're just going to do the downhill jog. So it'll be great. But I believe we'll be bringing you back in season two for that one. Chris, is there anything else you want to share about this movie before we wrap it up?
1: Uh, I mean, if you have a choice not to see it, that would probably be the move. But then again, it's one of those things that you have to see it. (laughs) So it's that I know it's weird advice, but it is one of those things where now that I've seen it, I never want to see it again. But I have to say, I I am glad I saw it.
0: (laughs) You experience something that, you know, people haven't. And it's almost like, you know, the people who are addicted to eating hot, hot food. There's a pain. But you're so, there's an accomplishment after having gone through the pain. Yeah. So the important question is, Chris, last time we were together, we talked about part one. It had a sauce rating of six. What's the sauce rating on this one?
1: Uh, this one, this one is much higher on the sauce scale.
0: <laughs> How high are we I talking think, about? Like I think eight I, or I nine wish, I, or.
1: I mislabeled the first one due to me not understanding how bad the second one would be. <laughs> so if I had it to do over again, I would probably label the first one at a four, and I would definitely put this one at a nine.
0: <laughs> hey, man, we live, we learn. I would agree. Yes, I would agree. It's This is pretty... This is pretty insightful. So no,
1: it was just too. It was it was too much. Like I was like, okay, it's got to end now, and it was just more than he fucked the centipede like with barbed wire. It just not. It just didn't. Wow, the baby's under the pedal. Wait, oh, and she smashes the baby's head, and it's it's just it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that about sums it up.
0: (laughs) I uh, couldn't say it any better than that. So, um, well. We have some other great movies coming up down the road. I hope people come back after hearing about this one. But Chris, always a pleasure, my friend, to have you back to talk about this. Thank you for putting yourself through it. And um, yeah, we'll see how you feel about part three.
1: Great. I can't wait.
0: If you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us a review and a five-star rating at your preferred podcast provider. Tell a friend so they can check it out, too. And follow us on Instagram at subversive underscore cinema for more content. Subversive Subversive Cinema.
1: Cinema. Cinema.